Okay, a lot of Bobs, a lot of Bobs there. Hey, welcome, I'm Bob Makala. Welcome back to my podcast, podcast number three. We have been away for far too long, and I really, I am committing, I'm telling you right now, I am committed to, committed to doing this once, once a week. On Wednesdays, hump day, every Wednesday, two degrees of Bob, because we have lots of ideas, lots of people we want to talk to. Lots of people we've already talked to. People like Ryan Bailey. Ryan Bailey is the fine young man that's been playing that guitar that's been walking in your eardrums ever since you turned this little show of mine on. No, Ryan Bailey. Ryan Bailey is a kick-ass guitarist. And apparently, as I found out recently, maybe four or five months ago, that he is, uh, he's family. He is my stepdad's cousin's son. Does that make sense? Stepdad Al, how you doing out there in Murrieta, California? We are broadcasting live at just before 1 a.m. Monday night from Brooklyn. And uh, anyway, so my stepdad, Al, who is about four years young, older than me, uh, married to my wonderful mom, who uh, is 13 years older than him, apparently, I believe, maybe 12. Anyway, um, so Al grew up in Utica, New York, and um, Ryan Bailey is uh, his cousin's son and Ryan well and Ryan just uh, was introduced to me via Facebook hmm yeah four or five months ago I already said that anyway here's my conversation with him you will find out everything you need to know about Ryan Bailey a uh, really interesting guy and here, here's here's the nutshell the dude is uh from upstate New York, Rochester, to be exact, is a proficient skateboarder, but uh, has created some really great surf music with his band, the Huckleberry Fins. Check them out on um, iTunes, SoundCloud. They're out there. That's Fins with one N, not Huckleberry Finn with two N. It's Huckleberry Fins, as in surfboard fin. Because Ryan is an aspiring surfer, and he was just out here staying in his van at Rockaway Beach, and we he stopped by my our apartment here in um, Cobble Hill, and we had a conversation at our kitchen table, and here it is, and I think uh, you might find it interesting, so check it out, and here's uh, here's some music from his album.
Thursday night, but they gave us a good good buck, you know, for coming through. Nice. They were nice to us. Um, there was three vans at night, right? I think, yeah, three or four or something like that. How'd you book the gig? Uh, probably emailed them or something, I think. So you did a lot of legwork to... Yeah, I did a lot of legwork walking around. I actually went to Brooklyn one time and just walked around all the different bars I wanted to play and just tried to talk to people in the bar. And I got one gig out of that. Really? <laughs> but it was a good gig. Yeah. Um, and so the second bar, I mean the second night, we played at a place called Alphaville. In which Rockaway was a, Beach, right? No, this one was in Bushwick also. That was a, that was a much more hip sort of place. You know, uh, and that one was cool because some of our friends from Rochester, actually, who live in Brooklyn, came out to that one, and you know there was there was some a lot of like musicians that I knew of, like Brooklyn musicians were hanging out there, so that was cool. Really? But they didn't really come in the room and watch us. No, it was like... You were in the other room? Yeah. Absorbing you without even knowing it? Yeah. So, but that that gig was cool, though, because we, we played with, like... We played with people who we would probably talk to in the future, playing shows in Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn bands were at that show, like, who I would want to, like, talk to or set up shows with or hang yeah. out with. So it was, like, a good way to you know, meet a few bands. Yeah, nice. That was a... But we didn't get paid a dollar for that, you know. They they had a sound guy there. Um, they paid the sound guy, and then once they were done, I, there was a little bit left, and I think the bar took it, and they didn't. So you guys got nothing at all? Nothing. Driving all the way down here. Let me, let me get a, yeah. I'm get a little towel for you to put your drink on. So tell me, first of all, the name of your band is the Huckleberry Finns, yeah. 1N. Of course, I have to tell yes. I have to tell every single person I meet who I tell about the band, I have to tell them there's 1N in Finns, so I go, it's 1N, Huckleberry Finns with 1N, as in surfboard Finns, and they go, oh, and I go, yeah, it's corny, and that's what I tell every single person. Yeah. Every single person, it's so annoying, it's like, I wish I wouldn't have named the band that, because... So I have to keep telling people that. Why did you name the band that? I have no idea. I think I was reading, actually reading Mark Twain at the time. And I liked the idea of how these these boys were like living outside of society, like living by their own standards and their own imaginary, you know, spin on the world. And I really liked how they, they just lived according to their own, you know, views and... Mm -hmm. It was outside of the norm, and and they just didn't care, and I liked that, and I liked, um, I just I liked the adventure, yeah. You know, they're, they're always on adventures, and I just wanted my life to be an adventure, yeah. So, um, and and I I was, and I just like, you know, I didn't. I guess I I just somehow randomly thought of fins, because it was like. I knew I was going to be doing a surf band, so I wanted something surfy, but, you know, not too, 
Uh, not, or not so not, obviously. You know, not so obviously. We're the Beach Boys. We're the yeah, the, be- the Beach Boys, the Wave Guys, or whatever. You know, it's, mm. nothing stupid like that. But like, I want. I didn't want to even do. I knew I was gonna do a surf band. So, is this your first band? It's my first fully realized band. I, yeah. you know, I tried to put bands together, but they all didn't work out. This one's been going for over two years, and. It's definitely the most successful thing that I've done in music. Yeah. What kind of success? Now, first of all, how does... Did you grow up in Rochester? No. No. I grew up in Lockport, which is like an hour from Rochester. It's an even smaller little place. A small canal town. It used to be a GM factory there, and they closed it, and the town kind of went under... And then, like, I moved to Rochester probably five, six years ago. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 31. You're young looking 31. Yeah. I don't like, you can delete that part. I don't like telling what? people that. You don't like to talk about No, I don't like, I don't like telling, I'm like a woman. I don't like to tell people. Really? No. No, what? I want to be 23, you know, I want to be 20, I want to be one of these guys who was, super huge and exploded and fame before he was 25 and then died or something you know but like that's what you want that's your goal probably you know well like, guess what it's, it's too it's, late yeah you know, it's, it's too late so you know now you so, gotta stick it out you gotta try i'm not it. gonna grow old though i'm not gonna do that i can't i cannot picture myself being that old i just can't do it yeah, they tell that to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and those guys. But I can't. The thing is, I have no, I have no retirement plan. Those guys made enough to retire. But they didn't have a retirement plan when they started. They didn't want to grow old either because the thought of it sounded horrible. Yeah. What's what? What do you not? Uh, what scares you about growing old, or what, what's so horrible about it? You don't look as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just. Physical. I don't like. I don't like to be able to move. I like to skateboard. You know, I like to be able to move around. Um, I, you know, I like. To, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay physically fit. My grandfather was strong man right up until he died. You know, I'll, I want to do the same thing. But I'm not strong. I'm. I'm extremely physically weak. Extremely I'm frail. I'm very frail. You are. I'm frail and skinny. I weigh like 128 pounds, 129 pounds. Have you always been that skinny? Uh, no, probably. When I was in high school, I was probably more like 160 or something. I weighed more. I've dropped a lot of a lot of weight since I became a musician. How come? Uh, You're not eating enough. It was a gradual thing, you know, I didn't think about it so much at first, and then the more I started playing out in front of people, I wanted to be skinnier, because I thought it looked better. Really? Yeah. So it's a whole aesthetic you're going for. Kind of, you but... The, the skinny rock star aesthetic. Yeah, I like being skinny. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I used to like being skinny too, but I got the old man, dad, yeah. fat guy, hair, too much butter. Yeah. It's no good. I'm, I'm skinny, but I got the gut. I got my dad's guy. Yeah, if I don't watch it, I get one too. Oh, you will. If you make it to 40, it'll happen. Yeah. Even on your skinny little frame. So embrace it, man. Nothing to be also, I don't want to make it to 40. You don't want to make it to 40? <laughs> I don't know. Not, if I'm, gonna, not if I'm going to have a huge gut, I don't want to be 40. If you're going <laughs> to... That's reason enough to die young. <laughs> just to avoid the big gut. Well, there's other ways to avoid the big gut. Short yeah, of death. It's just sit-ups. I do sit-ups, but... 
it seems like the older you get, the less delicious food you can eat without getting fat. Yeah, the, you have to work twice as hard to look half as good. That's, exactly. that's the reality. That's the hard part. Yeah, that's okay. There's, as you get older, you find other things that become more, more important than they were when you were younger. So. But you can't. No, it's a completely reversed viewpoint on life as you grow older. I think is from from what I, my understanding is like your you, viewpoint. Even what's even, that? Well, I, I mean, getting aging. You know, even before you're before you're forty, before you're fifty, whatever. I mean, I think your viewpoint completely changes on on life. How so? I don't know, like you said, you learn things you learn things about life you didn't appreciate before. It's pretty simple, it just kind of changes, you know. Yeah. But that's just as a that's a result of living and being right. aware and having life experience and 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 absorbing more information. The yeah. more information you get, the more informed you're gonna be to to have a nobody knows everything. So your 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 worldview is always going to be lacking something, but the more you live, the more you're going to learn. Especially if you go out and see the world and travel and be, meet a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Get out of get out of your small town, and that's what you're doing right now. You can move to New York City. Hot damn! Congratulations. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I've been in Rockaway two nights, and I like it there a lot. You do. Yeah, I do. So. For I'm, hopefully we're gonna have an audience for this. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, that's my right. audience. My audiences have tended to be very small, if if existent at all. So, but we can we can pretty much guarantee my mom is gonna listen. To this. So <laughs> hey, um, I, I understand how that goes. Short I, of, I've experienced that plenty of times. Plenty, plenty of times, yeah. you know. How do you handle it? No, and, I mean, when we play live, we've, we've had pretty good turnouts in Rochester for our live shows, but I mean... What's the biggest audience you play to? Uh, I don't know, maybe like 60. Yeah. But for Rochester, that's not bad. And getting getting that many people in Rochester is not... Yeah, that's, that's not bad for Rochester. But I mean, I'm just talking about being a musician and being alive in general. Sometimes your mom's the only person that calls you on the phone. <laughs> yeah, is your mom a fan of your music? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Did she get you your first guitar? No, I bought my first guitar. How old were you? Nineteen. Didn't start playing till you were nineteen. Yeah, I started late. Let's backtrack here. How the hell do I know you? We are <laughs> related by marriage, apparently. I think my mom's cousin is your stepdad. Your mom's is, that, is, yeah, is your Alan mom's your stepdad? Al is my stepdad. Yeah. So my mom's cousin is your stepdad. Okay, so your mom is so your mom's um, dad is Al's dad's brother. I I don't is know. Is that it? I don't know. I never really even knew. No, gonna, how did he track you down? He just saw the. I have no idea. I think he likes my music or my mom. Probably on Facebook, my mom or something. Told him about you and he checked it out. I think so. So how does a guy from okay, so we are tangentially related by my my stepdad out in LA. He's been married to my mom for thirty plus years. Mm -hmm. Good old Al. You've never met him? No. Did your mom did your mom did you did your mom tell you anything about him? 
Uh, not a whole lot. I don't know too much about the guy. I've only talked to him a few times. Yeah, just on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, we like your music. Cool. How's the guy from upstate New York get into surf music? Have you... Have you... It, I, I have no idea. Like, I mean, it's something that was probably dormant in my goals as a musician for a long time. Like... A long time ago, years ago, I had some vinyl LPs of like The Ventures, Dick Dale, and that old surf style stuff, and yeah. I liked it at the time. I, I liked it because it was cool. I was like I had there was that song by The Ventures, um, "Walk Don't Run," which I really liked. I loved it because it just had cool guitar riffs. Yeah, and it was like it was fun and upbeat without being like it was different. It was like of all the all the rock and most of the rocking, upbeat music that's out there, the subject matter is all kind of the, the same deal. Like, well, not modern music, but in classic rock, you know. Most of, cl like, old rock and roll music is all, it's all, yeah, girls, I got a, you know, girls, cars, whatever, I'm going to go try to get with a girl tonight. I'm going to go, I'm hot tonight for some girl, whatever, you know. It's all kind of the same deal, but like, uh, if you listen to like the, that song by the Ventures, it's all like, what is this about? It's just like this cool sound. It's like this guy just made a cool piece of music. Yeah. And There's no. Is there lyrics in that? There's song? no lyrics in that. Yeah. I interviewed Dick Dale oh, years ago. Really? Yeah. He's a trippy guy. Lives out like I think he lives near Joshua Tree out in the desert. Oh. Yeah. He's got a long ponytail. Yeah. He's just he's. He's jamming. So, anyways, like that that style of music, I was into a few years, maybe six or you know whatever, a few years back. It was a while ago, and I had a few LPs. I liked it, and but the thing is, I was living alone in Lockport at the time. I was living by myself with a dog in an apartment in the middle of nowhere. Not in the middle of nowhere. Well, pretty much. It was a city, but the city was nothing going on. Yeah. So I was living there. Well, just, what kind I, of work were you doing? Were you going to school? I think I was a valet. Yeah. So uh, I've always worked odd jobs. I've never had a long-term job. But anyways, um, so there was really nowhere to take that music, and I wasn't that good at guitar at that point in time. I had never really put. I had played, but like I never really had, you know, any training or like study mm -hmm. so um i didn't really know what to do with that music i just i liked it i tried playing a little bit of surf music and then it went nowhere and i kind of forgot about it and i could what did, do you mean it went nowhere i mean i didn't all i did sort of no i didn't try to start a band all i did was all i did was play around in my living room and that's all i did for a long time yeah so i was just playing you know messing around in my living room playing a little surf music and were you trying to learn the songs? No, I, I never, I, I think, I don't, most of the time, I don't think I tried to learn their songs. But, uh, so, like, I played around with that idea for a while, and, we, are we even recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Really, this one's recording. <clears throat> so, I guess I, I just, I played around with that idea for, what, you know, a month or a couple months, and then it kind of faded away, and I forgot about it. And I got into learning classical guitar because I found some guy. Um, I found some guys uh, in a, a class. Uh, 
classified ad in the newspaper of he was offering classical guitar. And I didn't even really know what classical guitar was, but I thought it sounded cool, so I called him. And I took him up on it, and I studied with this guy for like two, almost like almost two years. Wow. I studied classical guitar with this guy, nylon string. Whoa. Like Django Reinhardt stuff? No, no, that's gypsy jazz. Uh, classical guitar is, is more like uh, everything from the past 500 years on nylon string guitar. Yeah. So it's like Baroque through Renaissance, the classical period to all that stuff. And then it's also intertwined with Spanish guitar music, like flamenco. It's kind of, the repertoire is kind of uh, a blend of that. Was he teaching you this stuff or were you learning this on your own? Uh, a little, he, he was extremely fundamental. Like this guy was like, okay, now you practice you know the the fingers are P I M A for your fingers. Okay, P I M A M I P A is like extremely rudimental over and over and over again. That's how his style was, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I thought that's just what it was. But so he taught most of the. He was so honestly, it was he was a little bit too obsessed with the fundamentals. Like he didn't really teach me too many he taught me like some very basic like we had like a workbook with like these really basic songs that we played through and that was the the end of what he played through with me we never really went through real classical guitar music and i had i pretty much picked out those ones on my own and using the techniques that he taught me i was able to pretty easily play some very challenge, you know, well, no, they were challenging, but using the techniques that he was teaching me, I was able to pick out pieces that I liked and just learn them, and he taught me to read music, I didn't know how to read music, he taught me that, and, uh, was he, pay were you paying him for these lessons? Yeah, yeah, he was reasonable, but, uh, his name was Paul Padula, and out of Buffalo, he was a... He's a Buddhist, nice guy, guitar teacher. I studied with him for a couple of years, and so I, uh, I, I just learned a handful of guitar pieces that I liked. My favorite composer was Augustine Barrios, uh, and I learned a few Bach pieces, you know, some Bach and some, uh, some, some, uh, Renaissance music. Jeez. Yeah. Was this all just because you you were curious? You, you were. I don't know. I guess it was just. I was, I wanted to learn guitar. I was like, how do I become a proficient, good, you know, how do I become a you know a, a rightful bearer of the guitar? How do I know what I'm doing? And I didn't really. How do I? I have a plan for it, you know. So I ended. So classical is this the path that I started on in studying and so that was you master that it don't you feel like you can you can segue easily into rock and roll because it, it was no, no no it's completely different it seemed like it's completely so different no nope, it's completely different completely different anyways i didn't learn the blues i didn't learn rock and roll i learned classical guitar which is a completely different style using your fingers and your nails Oh. And you're and you're contorting the left hand heavily, so um, that's classical music. 
and but it's it's very it was definitely a great thing for me and I I still love that style. I just don't do it as much anymore. Because Can't you throw a little of that? I mean, use what you learn there and, and Oh sure. I mean it's definitely it's definitely a part of what I do. If you listen to some of the chord changes and stuff, there's there's definitely the chords and progressions that no you you wouldn't hear in in surf music. But anyways, so from there, uh, I was living in Lockport at, the, at that point. Still living in, in my hometown at that point. Uh, I think I tried flamenco for a month and with a different teacher, and that didn't work out. Uh, what was so? Was your end game to be a professional guitar player? Did you want yeah, to I wanted. I just wanted. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I want. I wanted to just be a you know unique, great you know guitar player who came up with his own music. I wanted to write my own stuff and have my own style. And yeah. um, So, I think with classical guitar, what I was finding was that it was very all... Classical, classical guitar is very much a recitalist genre. Mm -hmm. People uh, play repertoires that are... Uh, you know, if you wanted to be on a, a, a scene for classical guitar, the scene was like, go to music school, learn to play Beethoven and Bach, and then go to recitals and play at Philharmonics. Like, and yeah. that's not really what I wanted to do, and I couldn't keep up with those people because those people are extremely precise and extremely just perfect in what they do when they play one of those pieces there's no mistakes in those songs anyways uh that wasn't me it's just not me i'm i'm a rocker i grew up you know in high school i hung out with rock bands partying with them you know so i'm i was not i was not an academic guy i was not a uh i was not a, a, a philharmonic guy you yeah. know were you uh, on the? You, so you weren't on the path to college. Did you? You didn't. You didn't I was a dropout. I was already a dropout. I think at this point. Did you go to college, or you dropped out of high school? No, I was a college dropout. Where'd you go? Uh, I did a little. You know, I did like a semester here and there at like community college, and then semester at state college, and then I dropped. Out. I went to this other random random state school in Massachusetts and dropped out of there. It's, it's all a horror story. Why? Why did you keep dropping out? I, I don't know. I think I, I think after high school, I, I was it was instilled by my parents that I guess that's what you do. You go, to, you go to college after high school, time to go to college. And it was stupid. It wasn't for me. But I, for some reason, I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Because living, living under their roof... Yeah. I wasn't really independently minded as a person. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to be a guitar player. In high school, you wanted to be a guitar oh, player? Oh, yeah. After, I didn't... Before you no, in got it. No, in high school, I hung out with bands, wanted to be in bands, but didn't believe that I could be in one because I said, well, I don't know how to play guitar. It wasn't until after high school that I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Seems like high school is the perfect time to learn because that's when you have more free time. You have fewer responsibilities. Oh yeah, in high school, I, all I cared about was like hating on the school and like I wanted to binge drink and like that was my way of rebelling against 
being forced to be in school was was partying, I guess. Like, but you weren't partying during the day, were you? I mean, you weren't one of those kids that who was going to school drunk, were you? I I think I did maybe once. Yeah. Not a lot though. Not really. Just weekend partying more. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. Um, but you know, I didn't. I didn't really like high school. I, high school was not me. I think. I think. High school is where you learn who you are not. Yeah. And I was not. I am not the person I was in high school. Who were you in high school that you're not not now? I don't know. I just was. Just, I, I focused less driven. No, I didn't, wasn't myself. I wasn't. I was like just trying to fit in with cool kids and and go to the cool parties. That's and that's all they cared about. Yeah. And I'm and then the kids that I was trying to fit in weren't really cool. They were like, not, not that cool, I guess. But. But you thought they were at the time. Yeah, because of. Whatever. I, I think I liked a girl, and then she. She instead of hanging out with me, she wanted to hang out with certain crowds, and so I thought that that meant those kids were cool, so I would want to be in those. It's amazing or how your life path is influenced by I like this girl, so I'm I'm gonna start hanging out with these guys. <laughs> yeah, I got this instrument, or I'm drive this car, all because of lost in love. And it's and it's really stupid because you end up forgetting who you are and you're chasing something stupid like that. So now you're chasing the rock star dream, is that it? I mean, I don't know if such a dream exists in this day and age. I think it seems nowadays the biggest, the biggest of the big stars aren't even really like stars to everyone anymore. It's like the biggest of the big stars are only stars to the musicians mostly. Like when I think of like famous musician like they'll have like a hundred thousand Facebook likes and that's famous to me like the biggest musicians in Brooklyn like uh, who? oh I don't know I don't want to name names there's plenty of them around well, who do you like? I like many many different bands I mean I like one of my favorite bands is the Smiths they're from the 80s but like yeah most people don't even know who that is, but they were Most huge. People don't know who the Smiths is. Sure they They're huge. That's oh, a huge. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. band. But I'm talking about nowadays. Um. Nowadays, like, there's no such. There's no Kurt Cobain rock star thing nowadays. Like, you, you yeah. don't get to be that level now. There's no one like that. There's no such thing. No. The people who are stars are not anywhere near. As like Lady Gaga and Beyonce. Yeah, that's not even that's manufactured. That's like manufactured pop stuff, you know. It's like in order to be the one of those people, you have to like get in on this, like, music industry thing. You know, it's not like. It's more than just about the music. It's packaging and marketing. Yeah, yeah. It's fashion and. I love. I mean, I love fashion. I, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell, but I do. But anyways... He's uh, wearing a dirty... Oh, not, not dirty. And this it's, is, got, it's a little worn around the collar, I noticed. It's got a big wave on it. Does it say Hawaii on it's it? It's a Hawaii shirt. It's the same shirt that I'm wearing on the cover of my record. I just happen to be wearing it. Nice. But, um... No, I, I think the, 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 
the bounds of success are completely different nowadays because people aren't buying records the way they used to is one of the biggest factors about it. And the records that they are buying are the pop stars and, mm-hmm. you know, rappers like Jay-Z and stuff. You know, those are the people selling monumental sales and that's why they're the biggest stars. But, like, there's no... There's no, like, burning out in flames, Kurt Cobain, like, mega star that's here for two years and then fades away. You know, nothing like that is going on in, in rock music or guitar music nowadays. Yeah, that's weird. It's it's strange, and, then, and, it's, and it's kind of, uh, it's almost like, uh, it's like a big piece of glass that got shattered into a million different little pieces of glass, because there's a million bands, anyone can start a band. Yeah. And there's a million, yeah, there's more of them, yeah. and yeah. there's, everyone has, there's like 5,000 bands out there who have maybe a thousand likes on their Facebook page, and that's pretty successful if you can get a thousand likes on your Facebook page. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of effort to get that far. But is that sustainable? Is that going to give you No, a there's, there's no money in that. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, like... That t- it t- the amount of work that it takes to get to Just that. that level of of, uh, of notability is a lot of work. Especially if you don't promote yourself and kiss people's butts. And yeah. you know, some bands are more about the networking than they are about the music. I'm fine. Yeah, you got to be a marketing genius. You do. To get a band you, you do. You do. You have or to be a somebody that really some, believes in you. And and it's horrible because the the last thing that I want to be doing is going on Facebook and telling people, hey, click my page, click my page. That's the worst feeling in the world. I hate it. That is the most awful, degrading, politicized piece of crap duty of being in a band. And I hate that part of it so much. All I want to do is just like explore the art of creating new stuff. And I want to, I want to go out and, and take in what other bands are doing and I want to I want to take in from theirs ideas and bounce them off my ideas and have a thrive that's what it takes to have a thriving environment of music is you have to have bands that, that are pushing themselves pushing each other pushing each other you need really. a, you need that and yeah. and that's the true art of of it and exploring where the where the art leads and where what new music gets created next and that's the most exciting thing in the world is to, to know, to find out what new music will be created next. And that part of it, I'm, I love, and that's what pushes me to, to go on with it, you know. Do you feel like, uh, how important is it for you to make a living doing this? Um, well, I mean, I have to live, I have to eat, but, you know, yeah. that's, that's about the extent of it, is I have to make a living. I mean, I'm not, I don't foresee myself making a living because I I don't haven't been able to thus far I've never been a business minded person and so I, unless something changes you know like I just I did just come to New York maybe that'll help but you know unless uh, so you have a little money saved you're gonna get a job no I have I have very very little money saved I'm gonna I have to do something what do you uh, what do you have in mind have anything? Do you have anything in mind? What's your? What do you think? I don't know. I'll just work some random part-time job to get a little bit of money, like I have always done. Yeah. And then, you know, just 
get get by on that and try to get the you know get my needs met and that's it. Yeah, you got a sweet little cargo van you're staying in, huh? Yeah, I'm currently um, currently staying in a bookmobile. It's an old library van. Really? It says library on the side of it. Oh, it's, it's, nice. You got a picture of it? Uh, I do. I want to see that thing. I think it's maybe in my cell phone. I have one. Okay. That's all right. But I bought it from a library in Pennsylvania on Craigslist. I drove down there with my drummer and we bought it. And uh, my dad helped me put a wooden bed bunk in it and uh, nice. we built a little shelf and I have a gas burner and I am parked in the Rockaways, Rockaway Beach and nice. I'm here for the next two months until it gets too cold. I'm going to be living in that van learning to surf every every day I can. Did you go surfing today? I didn't. There, I don't think there's any waves today and I, I don't have my board yet. I showed up here without a board. Just calling people. I've been doing Craigslist, just trying to get my first surfboard. Like I'm a I'm a skateboarder, but um, have you ever surfed before? I've surfed a couple times when I was in Rockaway. I rented boards, but how'd it work out? It's hard to learn when you're an adult. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Even if you're a skateboarder, it's yeah. not gonna be easy. The hardest thing for me is the upper body strength because I have little chicken wing bone. Oops. Yeah. I have little chicken arms, and they aren't they aren't very strong, and I have no chest. And uh, so um, the hardest part for me was the upper body strength. So I've been doing push-ups the past couple of weeks. Doing, getting the surfing shape. Yeah, eating some eggs, eating protein, doing nice. push-ups, trying yeah. to trying to build that up. And uh, yeah, you're a tall, skinny guy. Yeah. How tall are you? It's like six one. Six one. You seem taller than that. Maybe it's because you're so skinny. Yeah. Um, do you know what kind of board you're getting? Uh, you know, I had my eyes on a seven-foot board, but it got sold. So, I think tomorrow I'm meeting up with someone to take a look at this fish board, which is a... Oh, short board? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, my what, God. What, is it too hard for me? Oh, if I had a, one piece of advice to give you, it get would be... Get a big one. Yeah. yeah. Get a long, long... Well, it's a wide one. It's a 21-inch wide. Yeah. So, it's a fat, short one. Because you're you're thinking that because you've skateboarded. No, I know time. I know that it's not going to be easy. I know. Yeah. That. Oh, I, I used to have a board that was like eight six, spoon nose wide, um, not too thick, but that's that's the ideal shape for you. I think you don't want to like a little. Well, like I said, board. a seven footer would would have been good. That's even on the short side. Yeah, even for me, I've served since I was a kid and at this point I don't even know if I would go for a short board unless the waves I mean if you want to just get the sensation of catching waves and getting up you're bet you're better to get a, a longer board because the short board is going to be hard to catch waves it's going to be hard to get up I know yeah you got to find a spot where there's a there's, well, a, I thought there's waves and B there's people there's not so many people around that they're going to get every way. That well, you're I trying to get. figured with a 21 inch width, it, it would it would be able to catch some waves. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll we can get online when we're done talking here, and I'll show you. I'll just give. I'll show you what I, if I were you, learning at your age and at this point, what I would get. 
like that. I have a longboard too. I have a nine foot board, and even that would be better than a seven foot shortboard. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. It's six four. It's six four. It's, it's six four wide shortboard. Six four fish. fatty. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, I wish you luck. Yeah, I know. It's gonna I'm, be tough. I know. I know. How was your first your first two times out? Second one was good. Did you catch some waves? I caught a couple. Yeah. Did you get up? Uh, I got a, I got like halfway <laughs> up. <laughs> you got to practice the pop up. I know. Boom, it's got to be just like second nature. You're going from, you're on your belly to, boom, you're standing up. Yeah, yeah I, I've been practicing that a little bit. You know. It's one thing to practice it on solid ground, I popping know. up, but you got you factor in the water. and Yeah. You ever water ski? Yeah. Have you ever surfed behind a uh, boat? Yeah. You done that? Yeah. And uh, how'd that feel? It, it wasn't bad. I could do it other than the fact that my wrists weren't strong enough because the... When you're pulling pulled behind a boat, it's yeah. a lot of stress on your wrists yeah. and your forearms. But you were able to get up yeah, and, I got and up on surf that. behind the wave? Yeah, that was, that yeah, that was easy. Yeah. So you got the sensation of actually surfing by doing that. Yeah. But it's one thing to get pulled up by a boat, and, and that's that's when you can shortboard. But eliminate the boat and the rope, get on a wave, it's a whole different ballgame, man. No, I know. I wish you luck. Thank you. But you learned how to play guitar, so you can probably learn how to do this. Yep. Stick with it. It's a nice weather here. You got some boards in mind? You going to surf shops? You're looking online? You well, doing? I'm finding that I don't like a lot of the ones that are in the surf shops because they're just these mass-produced, like, boring, like, they just look like they have no character. They're just like these, they're like Chinese made, like generic boards. I don't even know yeah. where they're, Chinese it, made I don't know if they're Chinese made, but it seems like every, every cheaply manufactured good in America is made in China. But I'm seeing like, I, I look at the older boards and they have like so much more character and they're, they look like they're made differently too. They're probably all hand shaped. Yeah. You know, I so I want to find a, like a beat up old board. Yeah. Something that was handmade, like, but it's in beat up, you know, maybe like ugly or something, and people don't want it. I need it to be cheap. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I've been looking around, and, it, and it's hard to find stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, you just need to pe- keep on uh, ingratiate yourself into the Rockaway Beach scene. Yeah. Is there. Is that, is there Surf going on down there? Is it a little surf town? Yeah. 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 It seems weird to me that. Uh, can you see Manhattan from down there? Yeah. So you're in the water and you can see New York City. That's aw- and that's why I love it. Crazy. It's awesome. There's like a surf town. I can skateboard all over the place and like be on the beach and and then like okay, I'll just go to Manhattan if I feel like it. You know, I'll just yeah. go. Okay, twenty minutes. I'll go over to Brooklyn, play some shows in the band. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, what more do I need in life? So I think I want to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many good places to skateboard on down there too. Really? Yeah. Definitely there's, there's, well, I mean, if you, depending on what style of skateboarding you're talking about. My style of skateboarding, I like to skate 
flat, mm. flat surfaces. So there's you that. Skate parks. Well, I, that is something I'm I'm working towards. You know, uh, but I've, I've I'm trying. I've done the quarter pipe a couple times, and so that's like. So now that I have those there, I'm going to be hitting them up. You know, they have a really nice concrete one at Fart Rockaway, and they have a they have. Just everything that Rochester doesn't have, they have it there. They have like a, this, uh, a beach, and yeah. you know I can just go surfing, like, and then I can just go skateboard and and uh, yeah, it's like it's like a mini California uh, sitting on the side of New York City. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you been to California? No, I've never been to California. Have but you I, been you know, to many beaches before? I've been to like North Carolina and then like but the thing is like I grew, I grew up on the lake yeah. you know my 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 hometown was was I know I said my hometown was Lockport but we my grandfather had a cottage in Wilson New York which is on Lake Ontario so like I'm a Lake Ontario guy okay so we had a place right on the beach there but there's no sand it was rocks oh. it's like a rock beach yeah. and rocks and seaweed oh. and cold water <laughs> Thanks. That's not a beach. Yeah, well, it's water. Yeah, yeah. Water's so good. that's that's where I grew up, and that was home. Did and it was a beautiful property. The property was so it was like the most majestic, beautiful spot, and like that was like my oasis growing up. This place is it still in the family. It is, but it's owned by more people now. It's been it's been inherited. Uh. So I, I, I still can go there, but I just, it's not the same as it once was. And my grandfather's not there anymore. So it's just definitely, my, my family, the structure of my family has completely changed. Do you have siblings? I have one brother and I have some stepbrothers and stepsisters on both sides, my mom and my dad. So your mom, your parents got divorced. They got divorced. My mom moved to Rochester when I was a kid. And when so your mom and dad got divorced when you were how old? Like 10. And, and they so had three kids and then they got divorced and had more? And no, there were two, two kids. It was me and my brother. It was just us two growing up. It was me, my brother, my dad, my mom, and my grandma and grandpa. Did your grandma and grandpa live with you guys? No, but we, we were around. close with them. Yeah. And so your parents got divorced when you were 10? and My aunt and uncle too. Yeah, what? Your parents got divorced when you were about 10, and then you moved to Rochester? Well, no, I stayed in Lockport for for a while, and my mom moved out there. Oh, your you didn't stay with your mom. Your parents got divorced, you stayed with At first, she st it was a long, ugly divorce. Yeah. It was very ugly and very fighting, and so that it lingered for a while, and then she moved to Rochester... I went with her briefly for like a year and then came back for high school. Mm. You didn't like Rochester? Well, I felt I didn't know anybody and I, I you know, I, I liked some girl in Lockport, so I wanted to be in Lockport. What and, with the girl? But uh, no, nothing, absolutely nothing happened with her. I, I've never had any girlfriends in my entire life. I just, I just fawn over, I, uh, you know, I'm one of, the, I'm one of those guys who, Pines. I, I get a girl that I like, and I pine over. I want to be everything there. I want to be there for her. I want to. I want to, you know, marry some girl who I don't even date, and then yeah. she never even likes me. Oh, <laughs> yes. man. So that's. Oh, we gotta change that. Yeah. That's not a good pattern. 
Damn. Oh. You got to get some experience in the relationship world. Forget it, you know, at this point, I don't, I don't even care anymore. At this point, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to be, make my art and do my thing. You still get crushes on girls, though, don't you? You still see girls that you uh, away for and wish you could um, get to know better? I'm kind of giving up at this point. You're giving up? Yeah. You're too young to give up. Come on. <laughs> wish you, get, you throw that guitar over your shoulder and, come on, it's going to happen. The thing is, I don't, I don't do. At this point in my life, I've reached a level of maturity to where I don't do frivolous relationships. I don't go and just sleep with girls. When I was in high school. That's kind of what I thought was. I thought, I thought that's what people wanted. I thought that was the goal, and I still sucked at it. I was a guy who was trying to be frivolous and failed. Yeah. Tried to get with random girls and couldn't even barely do that. So then I. Kind of, well, let's just say I succeeded one time and hated it and was so drunk that I didn't really remember it. And from that point... When you lost your virginity? Yeah. Yeah. When I was like 19 or 18. And like, too drunk to enjoy it. Too drunk. So at this point in my life, uh, I completely have turned away from that sort of thing. So I don't, I don't do that. So I've been celibate pretty much for a long time because I've turned away from doing that and that's what a lot of people are into it's hard you know it's 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 hard if you're not gonna just hook up with somebody if you have too strict uh too strict of guidelines you know like i do which i think i probably do uh it's it's kind of it's you become very idealistic in your goals relationship goals and you end up not meeting them ever and you just become an artist and you live alone as an artist and you just you you do your art instead of dating yeah and are you, you, you are you okay with that i don't really have any way of changing that it's sure. just well, you it's, don't of course that's kind don't. of it's no i mean every time i've tried i see you know i maybe get a hint of something with a girl it doesn't you know by the time that i've Talked to her a few times. It seems like I already know I don't want to be with her. I'm really? Just, yeah. It's like I, it's like okay, this isn't this isn't right. This isn't. You know, you can ride out. Or you can go into a relationship knowing, like, okay, I could stay with this person for a little while and have some fun with her. But you know, if you know, if you if you go into a relationship with a a black, hard black or white, am I going to stay with this person forever or no? Attitude. It becomes pretty limiting. Yeah. Well, why does it have to be so black and white? Why does that? I don't know. I think it's because I can tell. Because I can tell. Like if 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 like this person does seem right or seems like wrong, and it's just like no, it's not going to happen. I'm intuitive. I'm an intuitive person, and I can kind of tell. But does every potential uh, relationship with a female have to be either this is something I can see myself with and marry down the road or if, it, if not then why even bother is that your kind of your attitude well i mean as far as dating goes yeah i mean i've tried it i've, I've tried it. even like i find it even hard to have friendships with women because it seems like even when you're trying to be friends like most of the time when i'm talking to women i am trying to just be a friend yeah and i'm finding that a lot of times with that even even there, there's underlying 
sexual tensions a lot of times even with friends who are female. On I think, your end or their end? I think in general. Yeah. In general, people don't really even talk about it. It's just an unspoken thing. Is that a bad thing? No. No, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that like the, the, the fact that that is uh, kind of how in general it is, the fact that it is that way makes it hard to be strictly a friend with a girl. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think you, you can you can accept it, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be acted upon. You know, there's no shame in having sexual tension or even being sexual attra- sexually attracted to somebody and still being friends with them. Just because there's more to more to the other person than their sexuality, you know. And I think the more you can just see somebody as an equal and, and eliminate the sexual component to it. You're gonna you're gonna be better at uh, being a person that could po- possibly. Be like last time, it. last time I tried to talk to a girl, even a couple weeks ago. Like this girl, I met her at some. I you know I I met her somewhere and then I saw her again at at a you know I saw her again at like a, a vegetable market and then like we both got to talking about how we like lentil soup. And then she's like, I'll make you some. I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So, like, she said, yeah, she's going to make me the soup. And I totally approached this as a friend thing. I was not trying to do anything with this girl. And uh, we talked online on Facebook, like, once or twice. And then, like, there's and now there's no lentil soup. It's like she, she just, like, cut off communication with me. I have no idea why. I, I didn't hit on her. Yeah. I didn't, like... I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything creepy. I didn't do anything. It was just like, nope, it just didn't, it didn't work. And then like, I don't know, maybe she was interested romantically and then she found out. I did tell her I wasn't romantically interested. I told her I was not romantically interested. Why did you even have to approach that? I think because she just, she just... Uh, she she asked me like some random question. She's like, "What's your biggest secret?" And I was like, "I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what that is." But if I told you, then it wouldn't be a secret, now would it? It's like one of the things I told her, right, which I've already told you in a podcast, <laughs> which so apparently is not actually a secret. Yeah. That I was I had been celibate for a long time. Oh well. And uh, make you make someone so, throw themselves at you. So, like, you know, maybe it's not even a secret now because I just told a podcast. But anyways, well, I, I don't, I don't go around telling, for, the, for those of you who are listening, I don't go around telling people that every day. Just somehow we've randomly started talking about it. But anyways, so maybe this girl was interested in me and then found out that I was not interested and then... T- stop talking to me or perhaps but anyways long story short no lentil soup for me no oh, no damn. no soup for you you need to get some some meat on those bones. i know and you i said like i need i need angles. some protein i need some protein in my diet and can i make you an egg right now can well I, I had eggs last night but okay. you know well so the reason i got that uh that towel out there is oh uh, yeah i'm sorry <laughs> Right. I'm playing you this on the table. You can hear it very loud. Playing, yeah. playing with my glass. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Ryan can't take you anywhere. Yeah, I'm fiddling with stuff. It's 
my nervous habits. It's all know. right. So we start talking about girls and your celibacy, and you just you get all you get all nervous over there. That what's happening? Kind I, of, you know. I think you need. I think it would it would be good to just relax and you meet a girl. Don't even don't even start thinking that way. Just treat it as hey, as an interesting human being here. We'll see where it goes. Don't put so many down the road in the future. I can't. This can't happen. This can't happen. Just be in the moment, man. As I know? know. I need to. I need to be more like that, and that's one of my goals in life. But well, the thing is, around and doing this, that this that'll be good for you. It will be. It's definitely going to be good for me. But force yourself to um, talk to strangers. Connect with people. Definitely. Don't isolate yourself because no, it would be really easy to do what you're doing, living out of a van down by the beach and just lock into your plane, riding your skateboard, playing your guitar down by the beach and learning how to surf and not meeting anyone. That would be really easy to do, but fight through it and, and, and meet new people. You're right. Totally right. Not, not easy to do, but the more you do it, the better, the easier it becomes. Not, not, not your probably not your comfort zone. That was never my comfort zone. But I lived out of my van for a couple of years. Years. You did. Volkswagen Where? Van. California. I traveled all over America for almost two years. Awesome. In a Volkswagen van. Nice. Went through L.A. What What years was this in? This was in uh, 03. I got out of a seven and a half year relationship. We lived together in L.A. and. Instead of moving out and get my own place, I said I'm gonna sell my, all my shit, whatever's left over, I put it in storage and get in my Volkswagen van and travel around America. And I was gonna go started in April of '03, and my idea was to do volunteer work or a good deed once a week. And um, by doing that, and I created a blog where I was gonna write about the trip and my good deeds and. And I figure if I did good deeds, good did good things, remain positive, good things would happen. You know, the world would provide that kind of thinking. How did that work out? It worked out great because about two or three or four months into it, I um, I ran my idea by a, co a friend of mine who um, ran a big company. I was asking him what they did for corporate giving, and he's like, "Well, hey, I'll." I'll sponsor you. I'll give you the money if our mutual friend uh, Rob does it. So call Rob. And so basically, I got two friends of mine from college to fund my travels for almost for about a year and a half. Wow, lucky. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, it was definitely lucky. Super lucky. But it wouldn't have happened unless I had the idea and put it out there and and took the risk of. I mean. There were plenty of people in my life that thought I was an, an idiot, a fool, irresponsible, um, checking out. But it was very, uh, it was very empowering and enlightening. And you know, if you want to do something, do it. And I'd always wanted to do something like that. Just travel around with no, no plan, no agenda. My only agenda was to try to be a good person and. have that manifest, manifest itself in my actions. And by doing that, I had just, <laughs> shit, I had an amazing adventure for a year and a half. I ended up That's in, That's really great. That's really great. Uh, I also have that, that sort of um, 
sort of goal to, to be you know a positive influence on the world so yeah. I think that I could definitely learn something from you well yeah man. just have a positive attitude don't don't be one of these negative cynical people that injects their uh, that, that's poison it's poison in yeah, it, culture it totally is and it's going around and it's spreading so there's people there but what you'll find what I found traveling every time I've traveled is that there's a version of reality you get from ingesting media, TV, movies, internet, and then there's what's happening to you when you're living life, you know, making eye contact with people, putting your machines down, putting your devices down and be present. That's when, that's when the magic happens. That's when the good shit happens. That's when good things happen for you and to you and around you. And you know, when you're alive. Yeah, you're live and you have a guitar and you can you can filter all that kind of stuff happening through your music. And just having a guitar is gonna is gonna draw people to you naturally. Yeah. You just gotta be you just when it happens you have to be open to taking it in. Like you were talking about that girl. Instead of going letting her know from the get go that hey, this isn't gonna be a real I'm not interested in a relationship. <laughs> Why even I didn't even I didn't say it like well, that. that I, I didn't say it like that. But you're giving that vibe off. No, you're I making mean, it clear that that's that's what's going on in your brain. It was not even my intention. This it was yeah. my. She asked what, what like a, a secret of mine was, and I said that because it was, you know, if if you want to talk about your deepest things, you you start off saying that, and you give the reasons why things are that way and why you know how you came to be that way that's what i was getting at i was trying, yeah. I was trying to explain my life to, to this person and yeah. she probably just thought i was telling her no telling right. her you know i was like i, I don't know. i was just trying to talk to her yeah the whole time all, and but she was like but it was through messages on it was facebook, some yeah. stupid facebook message it was probably not maybe not the best arena for yeah. that but i i guess <laughs> But I mean, if you ask someone what their secrets are through Facebook, I have to wonder if that's like really care at all, you know, because it's like, it's like maybe a high school sounds like something you do in high school, you know? Yeah. 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 You need FaceTime with people, not FaceTime via our computer, but literal FaceTime sitting down with somebody. That's when, uh, that's when the essence of the person comes out, not on, and you can, you can disguise a lot of things by writing messages and emails and texts. And you can be massively misinterpreted by doing that kind of thing. So it's always best to be in the room with whoever you're dealing with, I think. Right? That's my advice to you. But hey, man, what, do I, what the hell do I know? <sighs> yeah. Just another guy trying to make a buck in New York City. Just like you, I'm just not. What, what, what do you do for work, by the way? Well, I'm, I'm looking for work for one thing, oh, but okay. I, um, since I've been here, I've been writing. I've gotten a handful of uh, freelance writing gigs. I've done some copy editing, um, graphic design stuff, a little photography. Um, starting a book company, a book book publisher. I've got three books that I'm working on with other people. And um, I used to, I've worked in, I worked for a production company that does, uh, does a, a lot of music videos. So I was coming up with concepts for them and writing treatments and want to make documentaries. I mean, a lot of things. I'm at this point, I'm on the verge of, I got to look for any kind of work at this point. 
My yeah. wife luckily works, but I gotta I gotta bring home the bacon myself. So right, right. It's uh, we've been here so almost eleven months now. So it's a big re relocation. Got out here not knowing a ton of people. We got out here in the middle of winter too, so oh, winter time here is. So it's been a challenge, but you know, it's anytime you're in the creative and world, it's it's gonna be a challenge. Yeah. So the more people you know and get your work out there, you never know. So I'm starting to get pretty hungry here. I don't know how you're feeling. Okay, we can wrap this up. We have gone at this for how long do you think we've been talking now? An hour. You looked at the clock. It's five o'clock. It's an hour. Okay, we'll wrap this up. I'm gonna turn this off. Um, thanks, Ryan. Let's go eat somewhere. You're welcome, Bob. Um, thanks for having me. What kind of food do you like? Well, I'm open to try any of your recommendations, but I, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian and I like healthy food. I like whole wheat. I like real vegetables and. Uh, there's, a, there's a good. Um, Healthy food place at the end of the block. We'll go there. Okay. Um, so what I like to do for this podcast is I want to do a little. Uh, could I use your your music as the intro? Sure. Outro. Sure. Malcolmberry fans one N. I like how you combine Mark Twain and uh, and surfing. Yeah, it's random. It's good. It's, it's almost good like so hokey and like random that it becomes like something that you would think of as a surfer thing because it's so like I don't know it, it's just it's just like it's one of, I don't know how to explain it but it's like one of those things it's like on on like uh, I don't know what I was gonna say but it's like <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like so it's like cheesy but you don't even care and you're fully aware of why it why do you think it's cheesy it's great that's i don't a, know because uh, it's a pun the, juxt the juxtaposition of twain and surfing and and huck finn to me it was like an early surfer he had the early surfer mentality yeah and play and that's and yeah the mentality i like being outside and yeah yeah that's that that's kind of like how why i thought that it fit in it a way fit. So don't, yeah. don't don't think of it as corny it's clever yeah okay good i'm glad somebody thinks so yeah, I, no, I get it it's good just got to get it out there now yeah okay before we go can i record you just jamming for a minute on your he's got his guitar in there just uh, come on dude that that one is is not you're not going to be able to hear anything it's, it's it takes an amplifier okay i got my acoustic right here what come on <laughs> why my hands are cold I don't your know. hands are cold I'll just give you the recording of, uh, really yeah i really don't want to play right now i'm, I'm hungry so he's give me some rock star attitude here all right you're gonna be a great rock star <laughs> perfect Okay, alright, let's go eat. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Your first podcast. Congratulations. We're welcome to the world of mass media. Thanks. Okay, that's it. Episode number three of Two Degrees of Bob is in the can. I want to thank my guest, Ryan Bailey of the Huckleberry Fins. We're having a chat and sharing his music with us. Check them out on iTunes. And uh, if you see Brian out there in the water, don't cut him off. Let him catch the wave. The guy's learning. For 
crying out loud. Alright, uh, we're going to see you next Wednesday on the Two Degrees of Bob podcast. You're going to see, you'll see. We're getting regular here. Just do you see. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday or some other time, but real soon. Book it, Dano. Beauty, you ride the tide till you fall off.